Hello and welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast. I'm Anand Krishnan with the Hindu in Chennai, your host for today. In a major escalation in the ongoing standoff between India and China on the border, one commanding officer and two jawans of the Indian Army have lost their lives during a violent face-off between troops in the Galwan Valley on Monday night, June 15th. This is the first instance of casualties on the line of actual control since 1975 and marks a major escalation in the more than month-long standoff between India and China on the LAC. Helping us make sense of the latest developments is Suhasini Haider, who is the Hindu's national editor in New Delhi. Suhasini, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you, and thanks for having me on. Suhasini, if we can begin with the statement uh, that we have seen, it says that this incident took place during the de-escalation process underway in the Galwan Valley, which right up front seems like a rather curious thing to say. As far as you look at what we know so far, does this strike you as a de-escalation or as an escalation? Um, Well, uh, from what we understand, and of course, the army's um, uh, statement has been fairly threadbare. It hasn't said too much about just how they died, how, uh, you know, the clash happened between the two armies, even as they have been in negotiations. But from what we understand, Anand, on two previous occasions, The armies of both sides have met, particularly at PP14. This is one end of the Galwan Valley. Uh, This is the patrol point 14, you know, and and several patrol points have been involved in the conflict over the last month. Uh, And um, it was decided at the last such meeting, uh, I think that was on uh, Monday, to to build a sort of no man's land, a buffer zone. Mm. But it seems as if there has been some misunderstanding between the two sides about just where that lies. And certainly the Chinese side seems to have been more aggressive than anything that um, the, the, that uh, analysts and people in the army seem to recall in the, in the recent past. Uh, and as a result, when the Indian patrol was going through, they were not just outnumbered, but outnumbered with the Chinese troops at a height. Uh, there seemed to have been clashes. Uh, what exactly was used in these clashes is is still something that has not been confirmed by the army yet. So uh, we won't go into that, but it seems to have been brutal enough and uh, and uh, and deadly enough so that the casualties are there on the Indian side. We understand there were casualties on the Chinese side as well. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, the numbers could be higher than what we are hearing just now from uh, the government. So ask me just for a listeners to get a sense of how big a development this is. The LAC, of course, is not the line of control with Pakistan. It's a very different border. They've been so many years without an incident. So what kind of impact will this have when you're looking at something like 45 years of a record of not having an incident? What impact will this have going forward? Uh, absolutely, Anant. And I think that is something that uh, that both sides have to really stop and consider because this could be uh, a point of inflection in more ways than one. As you yourself said, we've not seen uh, any casualties on the line of actual control since 1975, and that was in the eastern sector. In this sector, in the Galwan Valley, we haven't seen casualties since the 1962 war. Uh, so 
as an incident itself, if you were just to take this isolated incident, it sets the two sides back when it comes to the kind of confidence building measures, the kind of agreements between the two, the border um, uh, defense uh, agreements mm. that the two sides have signed. All the way back, uh, if you, you know, if you, if you think about the fact that since 1993, we have consistently tried to improve the confidence building between the two armies, uh, then this is uh, certainly a setback for all those agreements that were then negotiated in 96, in 2003, in 2005, and then uh, in 2013. Uh, so certainly it does seem as if both sides have crossed a point they have not crossed before. Some will point out that uh, no shots were fired. That's something that we are hearing uh, from the army at present. Uh, but even if no shots were fired between the two, the casualties are simply at a level that uh, that has not been seen. Swasni, looking at the past month, there have been violent confrontations, which you have reported on as well on May 5th and May 6th. And that in of itself was unusual looking at past LAC standoffs. And you have reported uh, that this new pattern of aggression is something that has been a cause for concern for both sides. So is this a new uncharted territory and could this possibly be a new normal in terms of the line of actual control? Well, absolutely. In terms of uh, three or four factors, we know that what we have seen over the last month in, uh, in Ladakh and in fact in Nakula and Sikkim is unlike the kind of um, uh, standoffs between the two armies that we have seen at, re at regular intervals. You know, everyone will talk about 2013 um, and, and 2014 and 20, you know, we've seen standoffs before. Uh, but in the recent past, we have not seen a standoff, for example, that cuts across several conflict points on the LAC. Uh, we have not seen uh, standoffs at points that have been considered settled. Galwan, in a sense, was a non-contentious area. Uh, and that is why the Indian side has, has felt quite confident about building infrastructure, building its bridges uh, uh, through this valley as well. Uh, Nakula Pass in Sikkim, again, some place that, uh, a place that we have not seen this kind of uh, a standoff before in, in, in the recent past, I should add. So one is the, the number of conflict points and the fact that some of them are non-contentious areas of the past indicate that there is something new that is happening. Uh, the second thing that they, um, uh, that, that they seem to say is uh, that uh, the, the brutal aggression of uh, the Chinese side is something mm. people in the Indian Army have mm. been commenting about. They have been saying that we've not seen this kind of thing where clubs have been used, iron clubs have been used, rocks right. are used um, uh, in, in these standoffs. Um, and, and the third uh, really has been the fact that the entire line of actual control is in a sense now in contention. We're mm. looking at the line of actual control, seeing troops build up on both sides. Uh, remember when the army talked about the de-escalation uh, plan, they had said one of the big areas of concern remains the kind of troops amassed behind LAC lines as well, and the kind of infrastructure that's been amassed, the kind of uh, equipment uh, that has been amassed. We're told that there was bridge-making equipment uh, and other things that were also behind these LAC lines on the Chinese side. Uh, so it, it does seem to indicate that these um, these particular uh, uh, standoffs, if you like, conflicts, clashes that we have seen between the two sides over the past month is uh, is very different from uh, the previous two decades and, and more that we have been looking at.
Right. And of course, we should stress at this moment of time that is perhaps more we don't know that we, than we do. Uh, for instance, the Chinese side is yet to say, we know there are casualties on the Chinese side, but they haven't provided any details of numbers. The Chinese foreign ministry in Beijing today accusing India of crossing the border line for illegal activities twice and attacking Chinese personnel. So these are the words of the foreign ministry spokesperson, Zhao Lijian. And so as to me, the lack of clarity, of course, in many ways is a self-inflicted problem because of the fact that the government of India has for one month pretty much hasn't shed any light on the situation on the LAC. Does that need to change immediately? Well, look, the, the fact is, uh, especially in a sensitive relationship between two nuclear powers and powers like China and India, who have had this tenuous peace for decades now. After all, apart from 1962, India and China have not been to war. Um, and 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 between these two sides, it has always been understood that uh, that less is more in a sense that the less you uh, speak publicly, the more you are able to achieve in terms of diplomacy uh, and you don't box yourself into a corner from which you can't back off. However, if this situation is different, as we have been discussing from the past, and there is a one-sided aggression that, that uh, people inside the army have been feeling very, very acutely, then it is important to point that out. Remember, it was, it was really first the, the, the Chinese side that came out and said, that India was transgressing or that India had, um, uh, you know, had, had been hampering their uh, patrolling movements. And, um, and the fact is that it, 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 it does emerge that keeping quiet over the last month has not actually helped uh, the government in trying to tackle uh, this issue with China, not at a local level, nor has it at the diplomatic level and between New Delhi and Beijing. Uh, so while there are times in which um, uh, this kind of diplomacy helps, is helped by not talking about it, at this time, the government seems to have uh, been caught uh, on the back foot. Certainly many questions being asked. How early did they know that there was a situation at the LAC? How long did it take uh, uh, to, um, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to uh, actually deploy troops over there? Uh, how much should uh, uh, sh uh, should have been? How much focus should have been put on this problem immediately? Right. Because remember, over the last month, the government right. has spoken on so many other issues. But mm. there's there's remarkable wow. silence, whether it is from the prime minister, the external affairs minister, uh, as well. We 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 haven't seen that kind of um, uh, perhaps you know uh, government transparency that may have helped at least. For most people to understand what has happened now out of the blue at a time when the two sides say they are de-escalating you actually have this kind of an awful incident take place uh, in which so many lives have been lost and obviously swasni one immediate uh, consequence of that is the fact that in the social media age when there's silence something's going to fill that vacuum so isn't it in the government's own interest to ensure that accurate information is put out well, absolutely. And particularly between India and China. And, you know, Anant, this idea that there is propaganda on the Chinese side is not something new. It was there during the 1950s and the 1960s as well, uh, when uh, when uh, Chinese state media um, uh, and uh, its uh, um, uh, both its radio as well as its newspapers wow. would carry out propaganda in on the Indian side. Uh, you uh, you have a lot of people speculating without necessarily knowing what is happening because there are no credible inputs coming in from everyone. So that is one part, which is uh, which is essentially 
the war, uh, uh, the war that is fought out, if you like, uh, 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 the fog of war that's fought out in the studios on both sides. But nobody's really being, uh, uh, you know, no, everybody understands that actually what is happening on the ground is very, very serious. Uh, and the fact that the government is not speaking about it, in fact, tends to make people expect the worst and to think that something that is happening there is much worse. So this is this is not a helpful situation. There's also been a lot of speculation, Anand, and, and both you and I have been speaking to so many analysts about this, about just why China is doing this. Is this something that is a short-term maneuver? Is this something that is born out of China's own uh, uh, desire to hit back after the coronavirus, uh, um, uh, you know, pandemic, where China seems to be in the spotlight and has certainly been uh, put in the dock uh, over allegations on on the coronavirus, is this something larger in terms of uh, China's other problems with its neighbors in the South China Sea, and and is is this a part of Chinese behavior now, behavior patterns, or is this in some way related, very specifically, to this being the first summer? And the first time snows are melting after we saw the August 5th decision in uh, in 2019 when, when India uh, bifurcated Jammu and Kashmir and Ladakh and, and diluted Article 370. Uh, so a lot of speculation is out there about just what is behind uh, this kind of aggression. Uh, I can tell you there is nobody on the Indian side that believes that this was uh, something that happened on both sides. In other words, that the two uh, sides were clashing in terms of, uh, you know, that there was some kind of, of uh, you know, clash between the two sides which got out of control. Most people believe that there was one-sided aggression. And that is what is worrying them because it does seem to be fairly purposeful. Um, as you pointed out, May 5th and 6th, there were clashes at Pangong. So on May 9th, uh, we understand on, at Nakula all the way in Sikkim, which is a, as a crow flies, uh, or at least on the on the ground, about twelve hundred kilometers away, uh, and then we see these other incidents take place in uh, uh, in 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 other parts. You know, whether it is the Galwan Valley, we've heard of uh, Chinese deployment in Depsang and other parts of the line of actual control as well. So the speculation really uh, is on two things. One is exactly what is going on at the LAC, and the second is just what is Beijing thinking? What's behind this? Finally, Suhasini, where do both sides go from here? Do you see any prospect of going back to the status quo, which is what India has been wanting, or do China's actions seem to suggest that seems to be a remote possibility? And there's a Russia-India-China foreign ministers meeting coming up. What's your sense of the potential for some kind of toning down? I think, um, in fact, all eyes will be on uh, the RIC, as it's called, the Russia-India-China meeting expected on uh, on June 22nd between the foreign ministers of all the countries uh, for two reasons. One, because uh, we have not seen any engagement, you know, through this entire uh, crisis, if you like, at the line of actual control. Uh, we understand there was one call between uh, the National Security Advisor and uh, um, and and the Chinese Foreign Minister at the very beginning in in early May, uh, but since then we have not heard of uh, telephone calls directly between the principals. Now, one would have expected that, uh, given the kind of informal summits 
Prime Minister Modi and President Xi have had, and also the follow-ups that have been done at the foreign minister's level, that there would have been some kind of conversation between the two in, in this time. So, uh, so certainly the meeting at the foreign minister's level is important, also important since Russia is uh, the third uh, party in this, and Russia has over the last few years certainly uh, spent quite a lot of energy in trying to ensure that these two very close friends don't have very large differences between them and, and certainly don't have this kind of clash uh, between them. So it, it will remain, uh, it will be a point of focus how those talks go if they are held because it is quite possible that uh, the foreign minister decides not to attend these talks given all that has happened uh, over here. In terms of off-ramps and in terms of uh, negotiated settlements, Look, over the last few weeks, we've been hearing from both governments saying that they are actually in negotiations, and this is obviously a setback to those negotiations that have been held. The question is whether they can, they will try to continue them because they had planned a series of talks across the line of actual control. And from what we understand, uh, military commanders of both sides have even sat down to talk after this horrible incident and the loss of lives. Right. Um, so we understand that uh, they are uh, holding those talks at the site of the clash. Um, but the larger question will remain, can we go back to status quo ante, which is really before May, uh, which would involve uh, uh, not just that China would uh, pull its troops back from the standoff point, but that it would pick up all the uh, the the uh, the gear and the tents and all of that alongside with them and move back their vehicles. They would also have to move back to a place where the Indian army would feel comfortable about them not being able to come back again. And uh, in other words, there must be also an exit plan that has been charted out between the two. This is not going to be easy. And um, uh, the sense is that, uh, that that even if talks continue at this point, that those talks are going to um, uh, eventually uh, take a long time. If you remember, just a day before the army announced its de-escalation plan, we had the Ministry of External Affairs sources and officials saying, we are prepared here for the long haul. Swasni, worrying times ahead on the LAC. Thank you so much for your insights. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Anna.